You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome to Flight Deck, an inside look at the New York Jets. My name is Rich Samini and I cover the Jets for ESPN. No moral victories, no medals for trying, no participation trophies, yada yada yada. You've heard all those expressions and they certainly apply to life in the NFL. But you know what? Sunday night's loss to the Chiefs was a positive negative. Yeah, that's what I'll call it, a positive negative. Thanks for joining us. It's week five already, and we have the Hackett Bowl coming up on Sunday in Denver. Jets at Broncos. Remember back in training camp when Sean Payton trashed Nathaniel Hackett? Jets-Broncos seemed so far away, but here we are. One in three Jets versus the one in three Broncos. Payton, not exactly a major improvement over Hackett on the sideline, at least not yet. We'll get into the game on Sunday. And we're going to talk to former Jets defensive lineman Vinny Curry, a Super Bowl champ, a great locker room guy for the Jets, and now actually still hoping to play again. We're going to talk to him in the second segment. First, let's dissect Sunday night. And no, I'm not going to mention Taylor Swift. We're going to keep it to football here. There was some anger and frustration in the Jets locker room. I think the anger was coming from Robert Sala. And Ryan Sauce Gardner, there was that controversial holding call on Gardner, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Sala. Very unusual to see a head coach get flagged for that in the NFL. Sala was seething after the game. I also felt some frustration in the locker room, and that was coming from Zach Wilson, who was upset by his late fumble, uh, apologizing to teammates for costing them the game, in his opinion. But the prevailing feeling in the locker room was one of hope and positivity. I think Wilson, despite his faux pas on the fumble, played his rear end off, 245 yards passing, first time in his career that he had more than one touchdown pass and no interceptions in a single game. And the thing that makes you appreciate it and everything more is that everything was stacked against him in this game. The outside pressure, fans, media, even Joe Namath, his speculation about his job security. And then there was the inside pressure. And I told you about this last week, about the tension in the locker room, mainly guys on defense, upset by the way Wilson was playing. And on Sunday morning, Fox Sports' Jake Laser reported the same thing, just saying that there was... Some real tension and possible fracturing in the Jet locker room. So you know it was true. So with all that against him, and he goes out and faces a good defense, and let's throw in a 17-0 deficit, and he faced a lot of pressure in the game, and this is a quarterback who usually folds under pressure. He goes out, and he was good. He was calm. He was decisive. He threw with accuracy and velocity. That touchdown pass to Alan Lazard, 
was insane. It was actually 25 yards in the air from release to catch. It took only one second, according to Next Gen Stats. It was an absolute rifle shot between two defenders, and it was just one of many impressive throws by Zach Wilson. Now, sometimes games like this can be a little deceiving when you look at the stats because sometimes a quarterback will just have open receivers all over the place, and he's completing gimme-type passes. But that was not the case in this game. 26% of Wilson's throws were considered tight-window throws. And by tight-window, I mean a yard or less separation when the ball arrives. Only two quarterbacks in Week 4 had more tight-window throws, Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter. So the degree of difficulty was high for Zach Wilson and he still got the job done. Uh, so cre- tremendous cr- credit to him, uh, you know, knowing that going into that game, if he threw a pick early in the game, that crowd would have turned on him. So that's a lot of mental toughness, knowing that and playing well under those circumstances. Credit to Nathaniel Hackett for opening up the offense. After the game, I asked center Cob- Connor McGovern about that about seemingly a different philosophy in offense. And he said, the coaches told us on Monday that we're going to go in this to win the game, not to not lose. And you guys know there's a big difference between trying to win and trying not to lose. They were playing not to lose in weeks two and three. They went out there, they flung it around, they tried to win, came up short in the end, but still an impressive effort. I think they did it. With a couple of tweaks to the offense, you saw more first down passing. There was a lot more play action passing. In fact, Wilson was 10 for 12, 99 yards and a touchdown in play action passing. That ball fake on the Uzama touchdown, that was right out of the Aaron Rodgers playbook. Just the way he was able to hide the ball from the defense. There were fewer players plays out of the shotgun. They used less 11 personnel and more two tight ends. Hackett called the game like a different coordinator, and Wilson played it like a different quarterback. Now, was this the Aaron Rodgers effect? We all know that he was in the building. He was walking around on the sideline before the game on his crutches. You know, he speaks every day with Wilson anyway, even when he was back in California. So did that have an effect on on Wilson's performance? I, I don't think so. I'm sure he appreciated Rodgers being there, but it's not like he was on the headset calling plays during the game. He was not conversing with him during the game. So I I think he appreciated him being there. But like I said, I don't think it had a huge impact on his performance. Now, the burning question is, can Wilson do it again? He did win a game last year in Denver, so that should bring some confidence. Another question, is Nathaniel Hackett going to have the same approach? Or is he going to go back into the shell and try not to lose the game? Uh, is it a one-time thing, just a, a game plan specific approach based on Kansas City's scheme and matchups? Or is he going to let Wilson play? Is he going to let him loose? I think if you're a Jets fan or just a fan of football in general, you got to hope he just lets the kid play. If Wilson does it again and the Jets win, it changes the complexion of the season. Suddenly, they're 2-3. and three, and yeah, they got a tough one against Philly the following week, but then there's the bye. Then you have the Giants, Chargers, and Raiders. They would have a chance to get back into this.
Now, it's too soon to say that now. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but if you see it again on Sunday and they win, suddenly the entire season has a different feel than it did only a week ago. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're joined now by former Jets defensive lineman Vinnie Curry, and I just want to list a couple of his career accomplishments because he's had quite a career, 11 years in the NFL, more than 130 games, mostly with the Eagles, where he won a Super Bowl ring in the 2017 season, also played with the Bucks, and of course with the Jets. He is the pride of Marshall, a Hall of Famer at his alma mater, and of course he's a local guy too from Neptune, New Jersey. Thanks so much for taking the time, Vinny. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. Thank you so much for having me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's great. It's great to catch up with you. We miss you around the locker room. You know, you're you're always such a friendly guy to talk to. <laughs> I know I gotta get up there soon. I gotta get up there soon. I've been running around, you know, with my son and his seven new football team and we've been traveling all over and it's been a joy to to actually get to you know, spend some time with the family and watch them play. And they began after it, but I got to get to a game, man. Yeah, yeah, you've. Uh, it's an interesting team. I think you. I think your old locker is now occupied by Mr. Aaron Rodgers because you had the corner locker, correct, in that corner of the locker room. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I think uh, I think number eight is now in there now. So what what have you been? Uh, I know you watch the Jets. You're you're still a fan. You watch them closely. What are your early takeaways on the season so far? They play hard, man. You know, uh, it's just crazy. This past game, man, I, I damn near broke my TV. I was like, yo, this that was insane, man. I just know how hard those guys work and how hard they compete, man. And I, and I know Coach Salah had them boys ready. And it was unfortunate that it came down to the referees. But, you know, Salah got this thing. Right? Don't put it in the ref hand, you know. Uh, but, but, but the positive thing to see about it, the boys come together and the boys group. And the way this uh, rallying around each other, man, it was, it was it was a sight to see. Yeah, you know, I want to ask you because you're a defensive lineman, and the one play that's getting a lot of attention is the Jermaine Johnson, where it looked like he was held by Donovan Smith on on the play where where uh, Pat had the long scramble. I mean, it looked like Donovan Smith had like two fistful of jerseys uh, of, of Jermaine Johnson's jersey. Did you think that was a holding call? I. Yeah, he got away with a little bit, but you know, but you know, Donovan Smith is a veteran, so you know, he know all the vet tricks and the way it was it was happening. I was like, dang, the ref even looking at, you know, the line doesn't like it's easy. The ref even looking at the line at this point, but that was crazy. I, I 
they, they, you know, that last couple seconds, man, it, it, it's like back what they used to say, like, with veteran quarterbacks, oh, you're not going to get that call. Oh, that's not, not going to get that call. So, talking with some uh, controversy there, um, maybe, uh, let me say, eyebrow raising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've been in situations like that in your uh, career where guys, a guy's grabbing your jersey. And, yeah. Does uh does Jermaine have to sell it better there? Like, what can he do as a defensive line? Like, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure if he was like, you know, uh, like a vet, if this was like year four, fam, they probably would have called that call. But being being a a young pass rusher coming up in the game, you know, that's this that these rest tend to do. So, what do you think of the holding call on Sauce Gardner? Oh, that was that's, that down was having great on TV. He, I'm like, where he didn't even grab him. You know, it was a nice little jam up. You know, but that was that was crazy. But that's that's what's uh, another thing that I'm saying that you guys play super hard. But you know, we, we should we shouldn't have had to put the damn game in the rep hand. You know, but you know, like I said, when those guys was out there, they was competing. It sounds like you get pretty emotional watching these games in front of the in front of your I'm TV. Or you, they're still invested. Oh, yeah, they're my boys. Like, you know, I want them to do well. Well, I got to ask you, like, first game of the year, everyone's fired up to face Buffalo Monday night football. And when Aaron gets hurt, like, what what's, you know, you've been, I mean, you've had serious stuff that you've had to deal with in your career. What's going through your mind when you see Aaron go down? Man, what the? Jack, man, don't do this. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know what I mean? Because I think Aaron Rodgers, Definitely one of the greatest of all time. I mean, he don't deserve that. Like this was this was supposed to be the very season. I want no. I was oh, I was crazy. Was sick man, sickness feeling man. Unfortunate. Turned out I was sick for him. You know what I mean, I said a prayer for him, but it was you no know, sickness. Sickness for the bad base to watch. I only could imagine that uh, the electric and the the whole emotional roller coaster thing from the coming out the tunnel to that play. It had to be crazy. Yeah, it was uh, it was a roller coaster of emotions for for the players, and I'm sure for for guys like you who are still clearly emotionally invested in the team. Um, now, the last few weeks with with Zach Wilson obviously didn't go well the previous two games, but he played real well on uh, Sunday night against Kansas City. What you've been around Zach, you've been in the locker room with him and Harold locker room for his. What do you, I what do you to tell you? I, I'm a Zach fan. Like why though? Like what gives you? You see, you saw him every day in practice. What gives you the confidence that he can, you know, he can lead this team? Keep swinging. You know, reality used to have this thing called, you know, uh, reality used to always say, "Shoot is going to shoot." You know, you know. So for him, he's, he's you know he's he's really really as you see on Sunday, he's really progressive, really getting to that to that comfort zone. You know, and if, if Zach continue to play the way. He just played this, this, this game that they're going to win football games. They're going to win a lot of football games. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, we just got to rally around them and cheer on and be encouraged. That's it. You know, he's going to win a lot of football games. It seemed to me, in my opinion, Vinny, that they, they let him uh, play this week. You know, they let him, they let him uh, just throw the ball more. There was a much more aggressive game plan, and he seemed comfortable with that. Is that the way you saw it? You know, definitely. But you know, when you have a mentor like Aaron Rodgers around, you know what I mean. He, I'm pretty sure, you know, just being around him and learning, 
learning so much. That's why veterans are so important on team. You can learn so much in so little time, you know. Um, it's like having kids. You might tell your kids something, and they'll be like, ah, ah. And then somebody else tell the kids something, they're going to listen like, man, I told you that. You know what I mean? But, you know, just, so it's good to have veterans around, and it, it seemed like he dived really into the game plan, and he executed at a high level. Yeah. Going into this game, you know, there seemed to be some frustration in the locker room on defense because, you know, the quarterback was not playing well. And it kind of reminded me of last year, you know, when the defense was, you know, playing great every week and and not getting the victories because obviously Zach Wilson struggled. Take me inside the locker room as a defensive player like last year and the quarterback struggling. What do guys talk about on defense? Is it is there frustration? How do you guys re- respond to a situation like that? We got score on defense. Got score on defense. Play good special teams. That's why I was in team sport. You know what I mean? Defense. You got score on defense. They have great special teams. I mean, when we well, last year when we were struggling, what happened? The, uh, the special teams kicked up. Defense was playing well. The special teams kicked up. Everything comes together. Right. So you you think this defense has been? They've been. Okay, so far they it, they haven't been as good as last year. What's your early thoughts on the way the defense has played so far? Man, I think they're playing well. I think they're playing well, but do I? I think now, I think now instead of you know instead of being the hunter, they're the hunted. You know, I think everybody knows what type of intensity they bring in. I think people people are going to try to play them and try to. Egg them all because you know that that jet defense is a very aggressive defense, you know what I mean? And listen, you know, and, and they play to the whistle blow and they play very hard. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I think they're doing, I think they're doing a decent job. They're doing a good job, you know, but the thing that everybody is, is not, uh, I guess, used to is them scoring on defense. You know, they'll pick that up, though. They, they'll definitely kick that up, you know what I mean? Just, uh, they had a group of young men that, that's, that's heavily 100% dived in, you know, and that's what. You know, you got to love about that Jet defense. Well, maybe they're missing like the uh, the wise, experienced uh, old leaner like of any Curry. I mean, maybe that's what they're missing. Maybe that's what I mean, they're I still, missing. I still talk to I still talk to those guys on the regular. You know, um, you know, I still talk to those guys on the regular. Man, they be they be fired up. That juice, man. Like you could feel them pop out on screen, and that's what you got to learn about it. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. You know who impresses me so much, Vinny, and and I'd love to get your thoughts. Bryce Huff just seems to like always be disrupting the quarterback. You know, with a pressure or a hit or a sack. What are your thoughts on Bryce Huff? Oh man, no. Say so. When you think of Bryce Huff, you think of a Levy Vinny. Uh-huh. He's zooming. It. He's zooming, it, man. He's zooming, and uh. Bro, he's playing. We play like something. He, he he really embraced his role, really understood it, and he's taking it to another level. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I can't be, you know, I'm like so happy for him the way he's taking his role up to the whole other level, man. It's like, you know what you're going to get, but it is my, I just know, he is, like, nobody can stop me. I'm going. Yeah. You know, well, he is. Yeah. yeah. He just gets uh, – he should play more, in my opinion. What do you think? Well, I've been in a situation like that before, you know, uh, especially as a young player. It's like, you know, they got so many weapons on, on that defensive line, you know, 
You know, it's kind of like, you know, he could go to all, you know, at any time. But, you know, getting the team off, off the field, it, 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 that, that kind of fluctuates with the, you know, their, their playing time or the snap count, depending on how many plays the defense played, you know. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, his role level increase, you know, as the season go on. You know, I think Aaron, Aaron does a great job. Excuse me. He does a great job, you know, with the rotation. Um, the way that the defensive line part is built, if you look at it across the board, every single player from, you know, the starters to the backup, can maybe even, you know, third string, they can go start anywhere in this in this national football league. And that's 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 saying a lot that what kind of talent is in, is in that room. Or of course you're referring to Aaron White Cotton, who's the defensive line coach, um, you know, who does a really good job with them. Uh, so tell me, Vinny, what are you doing now? Are you uh, retired now, or or are you still thinking you might play? You're 35 years old now, and uh, are you thinking? A, you know, with the is rich man, I, I had a, I had like five like four opportunities. You know, with with Bay as so as recent as maybe like 12 days ago. But right now, man, I'm just you know like uh, I get to spend time with my my son. He's really playing. This is his first year playing tackle football, and. Uh, I love traveling with him, but you know he has three games. But man, I'm staying in shape. Maybe after these three games, uh, I'll, I'll give one of these one of these teams a phone call back. You know what I mean? And you know I can you know be bring some uh, better veteran uh, presence and you know uh, being be a good rotational player uh, at, at, at this stage in the game. You know, making the playoff run. Yeah, you definitely bring so much leadership and uh, and wisdom into a locker room. I think there's value in that for sure for a team that's trying to make a playoff push. Uh, and I know you're keeping busy. You mentioned your son. I know you're heavily involved in your in your local community. You had a big All Star game last summer, right, at, in Ocean County, New Jersey. Tell me about that. I think it was a charitable type venture. Yeah, so we do a thing called the All Star Game. You know, which is a big deal back when I was coming up as a kid. You know, you take the top top high school players in uh, Monmouth County, top high school players in Ocean County, which is the Junior Shore Conference. And uh, the first time that it's been held on a college, you know, I held the game at Monmouth University, and we sold out, only standing room only. We sold it out. We packed it out with probably 7,000 people. It was insane. The day before that, I do a Vinny Curry football camp, you know, with our foundation, which is Vinny Curry Rest of Victory. We had 832 kids there. Oh, that was insane. That's crazy. Do you get down to see your alma mater, your, uh, Marshall, the Thundering Herd, off to a good start this year, four and zero? And I know, uh, I know they're near and dear to your heart. I'm, I'm actually going. I'm actually going to go watch one of the Thursday night game. I'm going to go catch one of the Thursday night game. All right. Well, they're off. They play NC State this week. We'll see if they can keep it going. But uh, Vinny, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy these days. Maybe we'll, who knows, maybe I'll see you back in the Jet locker room one day. But I will tell you, like I said earlier, you're not going to get your old locker back. It belongs to the quarterback now, but I'm sure you, you would be able to adjust. He can, he can have that locker. You know, as long as he win games for them boys, you know, we, we might be able to get a nice recliner seat to get in front of that locker. Just, you know what I mean? We just want to just want some wins around this. Oh, absolutely. Vinny, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No, nah, man. Rich, thank you. You have a good day. All right, take care now. Questions and answers. First one from old friend David Tratner at DCT Sports. What are your thoughts on whether this is a kitchen sink game for Hackett? 
given Peyton's preseason comments and the train wreck that is the Broncos on defense. Now, for those who are not familiar, and I'm sure you are, but I'll repeat it anyway, back in the preseason, back in training camp, Sean Payton told USA Today that Hackett last year in Denver did, quote, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, end quote. This game is personal for Nathaniel Hackett, and it should be. I mean, he got trashed by Payton, his successor. Very rarely do you see that in the coaching fraternity, one guy trashing another. Hackett did not do a good job last year in Denver. He was 4-11. The offense was atrocious, and he got fired with two games to go. That alone would stir up some emotions for him, but then he's got his success, successor dumping on him, so it'll be very, very interesting. Uh, Denver, uh, their defense stinks right now under Vance Joseph. They're 32nd in scoring. They should have hired Rex Ryan. He was a candidate. I could tell you they wouldn't be 32nd right now. So, yeah, I think Hackett could do some things in this game. You don't want him to deviate too much out of personal animosity, but you certainly want to go into this game with the pedal down. You want him to uh, hit the gas, as Robert Sala would say, and just give him your best shot. At Matt Romano 19, there's been some speculation that Bryce Huff could be on the trading block because of how deep the Jets' D-line is, but why trade away your best defensive lineman? Shouldn't they try to re-sign him rather than trade him? I got a couple of great nuggets on Bryce Huff. Right now, among edge rushers, with a minimum of 50 pass rushers, he is among the top guys in pressure percentage. It's a very few guys ahead of him, and I'll list them. Rashawn Gary, Micah Parsons, Leonard Floyd, Miles Garrett, Jerry Hughes, Brian Young, and Bryce Huff. That's where he's up there with some pretty good company and pressure percentage. Here's another one. Since the start of the 2022 season, Bryce Huff has a higher pressure percentage than Micah Parsons. Hard to believe he's the best edge rusher on the Jets. Will they sign him? Uh, it, it's going to be hard. He's going to get some money. He hired recently, not actually not so recently, but in the offseason, he quietly changed agents. He's got the high-powered agent from CAA, Jimmy Sexton, who will get a lot of money for Bryce Huff in the offseason, wherever he is, whether he's on the Jets or, or another team. He's hitting free agency in the offseason, and I don't. I think it would be a mistake to trade him. He's a really good player. They should try to re-sign him. They've got some money invested in Will McDonald. But Carl Lawson's on the way out after this year, and I think you have room to pay another edge rusher. Next one from at N-C-D-O-N-R. This is Florida Jets. Why do the Jets keep trotting out Dalvin Cook? If he had number 26 on his back, I would have thought it's Le'Veon Bell who lost a bunch of steps. Why not play Izzy Abanaconda or Michael Carter? Uh, you know, great point there, uh, Florida, with the uh, Le'Veon Bell comparison. You know, when they signed Cook, you know, I was kind of like, you know, this is not the greatest move. The guy's been on the downside for the last two years. Very accomplished player, of course, a four-time four Pro Bowler with Minnesota. But right now, in running yards over expected, which is the trendy new stat, which I think is a better reflection of performance than, say, yards per carry. In rushing yards over expected, he is 34th out of 38 running backs in the league. 
He just seems to be very sluggish in getting to the hole. He's not hitting it hard. That's where your Le'Veon Bell comparison comes in. Uh, they're not going to bench him. They're not going to bench him for this reason. They're paying him $7 million this year. That's a lot for a running back. They're not going to bench Dalvin Cook. I talked to Cook last week. He said he's ready for a breakout performance. He kind of hinted that this new role, being the number two guy, a complimentary back, has been taking some adjusting to. Maybe he's right, but right now the results have not been good. Next one from at Yankees Jets 23-10. Was sitting Al Woods a mistake based on the Chiefs' ability to run the ball? And do you see him playing this week against Denver? Yes, I do. Now, interesting note on Al Woods. We all know what his job is. His job description is to stop the run, and he does it better statistically than any defensive lineman on the Jets. Get a load of this. When he's on the field, the opponents average only 26 per carry. When he's off the field, the opponents average 5.2. That's a 2.6 differential. It's easily the best among the Jets defensive linemen. It probably hurt them against Denver. I think they wanted more, I mean, Kansas City, they wanted more speed on the field, so they took out the 330-pounder and went in the other direction. I think he'll be back on the field in Denver. Next one from Matt Endurance underscore Junkie. Brees Hall is averaging eight runs per game and only one catch per game. He's so electric. So what's the strategy to get him more involved? Uh, good question, but we all know he's coming off of ACL surgery and the Jets are taking a long-term approach with this. They don't want to rush him in and risk setting back or jeopardizing the future of one of their best players. So they're calling it a pitch count. I do think part of that eight runs a game is because in the second and third games, they just haven't been able to run the ball a whole lot. And against Kansas City, it was a pass-oriented offense. So you're right. He needs more than eight carries a game. I just don't think they're going to overwork him this early in the year. So yeah, he's underutilized, but they're being mindful of his injury situation. At Dr. Eric Klein, Rich, rather than trading for a quarterback, do you think the Jets would consider trading for more help to support Zach Wilson and the offense. And Dr. Klein brings up Devontae Adams. What would that cost? He's intrigued by an Adams-Garrett pairing, uh, rather an Adams-Garrett-Wilson pairing. Uh, okay, first of all, I do not believe the Jets are looking to trade for another quarterback. My information is that they're planning to stand pat with what they have. Trading for another quarterback, number one, would require a lot of compensation. They already don't have their second-round pick for next year, so that's a factor. They only have $7 million in cap room right now, and they also have one of the biggest cash payrolls in the league. I believe they're third highest in the league, and I don't believe Woody Johnson wants to go out and add another 10 or $20 million for a quarterback. So unless something changes over the next couple of weeks, I think they're going to ride it out with Wilson, Simeon, and Boyle. As for Devontae Adams, I think a lot of what I just said applies to Adams. That would cost significant compensation. Don't see them doing that at this point in the season. We don't even know if they're going to be in contention in another three weeks before the trading deadline, so it's a, uh, let's wait and see. I think Devontae Adams would be much more intriguing as an off-season trading situation once they know that Aaron Rodgers, for sure, is coming back. But, uh, yeah, good question. 
just don't think the Jets are in that position right now to make a move of that magnitude. All right, it's the Hackett Bowl on Sunday, 4 o'clock kick. Jets and Broncos. The Broncos finally get a win for Sean Payton. They're down 21 with four minutes left in the third quarter against the hapless Bears. They're getting picked apart by Justin Fields, which should tell you something. But they rally to win, and Payton gets his first win. He gets the game ball. But I find it very interesting that a lot of the same things that Payton ripped Nathaniel Hackett for clock management, wasting timeouts, too many penalties, are now major issues for Sean Payton. I find that very interesting. Now, Russell Wilson, not the train wreck he was last year under Hackett. He's improved somewhat, still not the Russell Wilson of Seattle days. Javante Adams, very good running back, dealing with a hip injury. Sounds like he'll play. If he doesn't, they have Jaleel McLaughlin, an impressive rookie. They also have a rookie receiver named Marvin Mims Jr., who has a bunch of explosive plays. He's a good young player. Their defense, though, is terrible. Now, this week, for ESPN's NFL Nation, each team reporter had to pick one issue on defense. And Jeff Legwald, our intrepid reporter who covers the Broncos, said, and I'm going to quote from his, his story because it aptly sums up the defensive issues in Denver. He said, you can't pick just one issue. The Broncos struggle in the running game. Opponents are averaging 5.6 per carry and 176 rushing yards per game. Their attempts to make off-coverage work too often result in completion after completion. They don't tackle well. They're last in the league in scoring defense, run defense, as well as last in yards per pass play. He said folks want to dump it all on Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, and yes, he wears the headset, but... Those problems go way beyond who's calling the plays. He says there have been injuries in the secondary. The depth chart isn't great. And they've just have been having a lot of assignment errors. So a lot of problems there. I think the Jets get their running game in gear this week. Brees Hall returns to Denver, the scene of his ACL injury last year. That's an interesting storyline. I think Brees Hall is going to go off this week. I'm picking the Jets. 23-20 over the Broncos. Same score that the Jets lost to against Kansas City. They're going to reverse it and beat Denver on the road, and they're going to come home with a 2-3 and three record. You can count on it. Lock it up. I want to thank our guest this week, my friend uh, Vinny Curry. Wish him the best, and thanks for taking time out to talk to us. Thanks to producer Jeff Scopin, and we'll talk next week on Flight Deck. Flight Deck.